Hey GP learners, do you want to know the best way to get the most out of a video consultation as a patient? Well, I'm going to cover my top five tips in this episode. Try and save you time by tech enhancing your primary care and learning. If this is the first time we're meeting, I'm Dr. Gandalf of EGP Learning, where I look at supporting you with technology-enhanced primary care and learning. And in this episode, I'm going to cover my top five tips to do a video consultation as a patient. This is both as my experience from being a clinician, but also as a patient using these kind of systems. And I hope you find these tips useful. If you've got any comments, make sure you leave them in the comments section below. And as always, make sure you subscribe to try and make sure you get more of our content first and foremost and ring the bell to get the notifications. Shall we begin? So EGP learners, as I said, I'm going to cover my top five tips to doing a video consultation as a patient. Now, when I consult with patients, sometimes those consultations go effectively. Sometimes they could be better, both from my perspective, but more importantly, from the patient's perspective to make sure they get the most out of the time that they've got with me. So in terms of covering my top five tips, let's get started. So number one, expect the ID check. When you get a consultation from a clinician, they may not be your regular doctor. So first and foremost, they will need to confirm you are who you say you are. And this is a safety protocol that's ingrained in majority of providers. Normally, I would say to patients, anticipate this. So typically, you will be asked things like your name, your date of birth, your current address, or some other identifier like your email address, for example, to make sure that they're speaking to the right person. This is important. But just as much, make sure that the clinician also introduces themselves particularly with the growing amount of things like primary care networks and stuff, you may end up having consultations from doctors as well as from non-doctors like pharmacists, nurses, physiotherapists, physicians, associates and stuff. So making sure they introduce themselves is going to be important so you know who you're also speaking to. So value point, ID checks. Point number two, data. What do I mean by this? Well, effectively, the quality of the data that you have. So the reception. So making sure you're either in a good Wi-Fi area or that you're good 4G connection in order to make sure you have a decent consultation. If not, you may find a lot of the providers will drop you down to a telephone consultation rather than a video consultation just because of the bandwidth that is needed. Additionally, if you're having a consultation, for example, for a very visual thing, like a skin rash and things, if the reception is not good, the clinician may not be able to see it effectively, and that may mean you have to come down for a face-to-face -face appointment or reschedule the appointment, which is obviously wasting your time, wasting the services time, it's not great. So do try and make sure you're in an area of good reception. This is particularly of note for those people having consultations when they're at work because sometimes big buildings mean you don't get decent reception. So plan for that if you're having a consultation. Number three, dress code. One of the things I've seen when I've done video consultations with patients is they can take place in a variety of different settings and locations. This can be at work or this can be at home or it can be in other areas. Particularly when it's at home, sometimes patients obviously want to be comfortable in their own home. And I think there is a difference between being comfortable and maybe showing a bit too much. So unfortunately, I have had consultations where patients have been naked. Um, and if I'm being honest, one thing to remember, the majority, if not all of these video consultations will be recorded. Now, clearly, these are not going to be broadcasted on the World Wide Web. But it's important to remember that these consultations are recorded for your safety, as well as for training and education purposes. So maybe worth not being naked unless there's an absolute need to be it. and normally the clinician will advise you if this is the case. Simply just wear decent clothing. Important that you're comfortable in the settings that you have in the consultation as well. But respect normal privacy. Speaking of privacy, that's tip number four. Now there are a couple of things to consider here. 
Number one, as I mentioned, people may have these consultations either at work or at home. And it's important to remember that the kind of information we were talking about is your health information. This, this is potentially the most sensitive data that we have about yourself. So making sure that you are alone or at least with people that you trust to share that data with. Examples of this will obviously be parents talking about their children, relatives, if they're helping with a consultation, that kind of thing, or having carers around to help with a consultation. However, it's important to remember if you're having these consultations in places that are not within your complete control, for example, workplace is a key example, then making sure that you are somewhere private that you can have this consultation. Very easy to forget when you're having a video consultation that you may be around other people and the information that you're sharing may not be there for as secret and sensitive as you'd want it to be. A good tip for doing this is to use a set of headphones. Now, typically, most people I've consulted with will either use a smartphone like this or a tablet, sometimes a laptop or a desktop. Um, but it's important, therefore, to use things like headphones to narrow the sound to your ears so only you can hear what the clinician is saying and things. In addition, that gives you kind of a physical awareness that you're talking to someone slightly more privately. And my personal tip, if you're using wired or wireless, then to simply just put one ear in. So then you can also hear what's going on around you in case, for example, somebody enters the room and you need to change the situation or the location that you're having a consultation. This can be particularly relevant if you're having sensitive consultation things. So, you know, if the clinician is having to ask you about things like bloodborne viruses, recent contacts, that kind of stuff. Normally, the clinician should be pre-warning you that with a warning shot. Um, but obviously important to be aware that you will be talking about very sensitive things potentially and making sure that data is safe. Finally, tip number five, documentation. The majority of platforms that provide video consultations will allow you to see the consultations that you've had with the clinician. So shortly afterwards, they will document everything that has been discussed and you'll be able to see a written version of that. Normally, that is through the app that they have allowed you to have that system. Or if you've got online access to your notes, you'll be able to access that readily. One thing to remember is that sometimes you will have to do actions after the consultation to make sure you get the treatment that you need. So particularly, this is the case with private systems where you will need to confirm, for example, which pharmacy you want the medication to be sent to. It's important to remember that you need to do that because the clinicians you may be talking to may finish their shift and they may have to do processes to confirm that that prescription is correct once you've allocated a pharmacy. And if you don't do that in a timely fashion, that may be delayed and therefore it may mean that your prescription is delayed. Other things like referrals, that kind of stuff will go through to you through the app typically. So in terms of the information that you need, remember it will be sent to that central place for you to access, for you to read and also for you to reflect on in terms of the consultation that you've had. So for example, if you had a consultation with a doctor and he's mentioned a couple of things and you can't quite remember what they are, it should be there saving you having to go back to them just for another consultation to confirm things. It's a really useful way in improving the online access to notes. I know is a plan as part of an NHS long-term plan as we see increased use of digital access for patient information, records and consultations. So do take advantage of that. I hope you've enjoyed this session and my top five tips for getting the most out of video consultations as a patient. If you've got any particular tips that you think are even better than these, let me know. Put a comment down below and tell me what you think. As always, guys, if you want to contact me, you're welcome to do so at EGP Learning or at DrGandalf52 on Twitter, or obviously leave a comment either in the YouTube or on our podcast platforms, which are either on iTunes, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher. Do subscribe to our platforms and ring the notification bell to make sure you get all of our content first and foremost. And as always, guys, make sure you keep trying to save your time by tech enhancing your primary care and learning. See you later.